start off with uh, this uh, the Supreme Court shenanigans that's going on. There's, uh, there's a case going through. Um, now, admittedly, this is this may may or may not set some good precedent here, and this is one of the reasons I'm. I, I this is one of the re- it's one of those places that'll kind of make or break me having, you know, uh, me feeling good or having buyer's remorse on Trump. Let's we'll feel like that. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's there's Justice Roberts who can go and suck several dicks, but. We'll uh, we'll see what happens with the the three new ones. <laughs> uh, here, yeah, here he likes cheese pizza too. Um, so this uh, this Supreme Court case going in. <laughs> God. This this uh. <laughs> this this case going in. Um, Talking about basically the premise is, is whether or not a, a cop can uh, can enter your home and seize guns without a warrant. Now we should go ahead and get rid of a couple of exceptions here right off the bat, where it's likely a plausible thing. If he sees you through the window, pointing a gun at the street, or pointing a gun at someone else, or pointing a gun at yourself, there is precedent where a cop is able to enter without warrant and figure out what the fuck's going on and or you know, disable you so that you don't cause harm to yourself or others. And that's reasonable. That's okay with me, you know? However, if a cop hears in... Yeah. Now, now, all that said, I should be able to, in principle, say I'm on a... uh, I'm in a... uh, I'm in in the bottom floor of a building that is sunk down by half a floor... The cop can walk by and easily look in through the window and see my dining room table, and I've just field stripped a gun and I'm cleaning it. A cop should not be able at that point to walk into my fucking house and take the gun. No, there's not a single excuse, like, unless I'm having a heart attack and falling over. Like, it could be the highest crime area in, in, the, in the entire country. You still got your fucking fourth of them right and your second of them right. So this will really kind of be what makes or breaks that. And like this, Ginsburg was on our side on this one. She was a very strict constitutionalist when it came towards the, when it came to the First Amendment, and she was a little bit wishy-washy with her public language. But in her court cases, she was still fairly fairly there on the Second Amendment, and she was certainly there on the Fourth Amendment. You know, the idea that a cop shouldn't have a warrant when they bust into your house and start taking your shit, especially, say, your guns, you know, that all of that is wrong. Now, if guns are made illegal, for whatever reason, um, boating accidents are going to be up, I'm sure. And some are more equal than others. Uh-huh. Okay, I gotta stop you there. I gotta stop you there on that. Gun control is very important when you're at the gun range. Otherwise, people are gonna be looking at you funny. 
that's 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 when I when I hear gun control. When I hear gun control, that's what I think of is controlling where you point the fucking thing. <laughs> now I, here's yeah. Now I would also say this is I also say this um, before I get to, I, and I agree that you, you should. When you're going through this kind of stuff, you should be thinking in terms of reality, not in terms of propaganda. But at the same time, if you're talking to somebody who's thoroughly engrossed in it, you can't really meet them at the limit of their capacity, at the limit of their competence, without being able to navigate the verbiage that they are going to be using. So you should at least have the understanding of what they're saying, so that you don't just kind of outright deny them the existence of their reality and leave it at that. That's not going to solve any problems. But anyway, I digress. Keep going. <laughs> well, here's another thing. Here's, here's another thing on that. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, the Black Panthers marching on the Capitol in the 60s, armed, doing no damage, then leaving exactly as they came, fully in support of that. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to say I like their politics. A lot of their politics I find to be bunk. But when it comes to the Second Amendment, we're right on the same page there. And uh, nowadays, you find the exact same fucking liberals who are coming in, and it's the funniest part is once they once they show up and they're black, they get all upset about it. Uh, well, uh, the Second Amendment was uh, was okay with me as a lefty for a little bit, and uh, mm, not so much right now. Uh, I mean, Black Lives Matter, but uh, they only matter when they don't have guns. You know what I mean? I mean uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and tone that rhetoric down there. Yeah, yeah. What happened? What happened there, uh, Mr. Lefty Liberal Two Shoes? Huh? <laughs> yeah, oh well, yeah, it's extremely dangerous to our democracy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, so um so 3D printing is your friend, uh which is really what we're we're moving in towards there. So Yeah. Big time. Yeah. You should so RepRap by itself. Um, the principle of RepRap is that you have replicators that replicate replicators. So you have exponential growth of localized production, uh, which meets demand at will, and you don't have a warehousing cost on top of that. All you have to do is have raw materials. You don't have to have finished parts. There are huge advantages to 3D printing just by itself. When it comes to guns, SLS is kind of the way to go. You want selective laser centering. Uh, that's the stuff that uses the metal powder. You don't like uh, uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, so you can do the same thing that plastics do. Yeah. You can do you can do plastics, you can do ceramics, you can do metals. All that is well within the purview of SLS. Uh, it just takes more time to do stuff that's harder to melt. That's basically it. So uh, when it comes to that, like if you're trying to do something that's going to have a high high amount of wear and tear, you're going to want to go with SLS pretty much right now. Um, there's there's things that involve um, uh, 3D printing with fused filament fabrication or, or fused fused deposition modeling. That's your classic RepRap 3D printer with uh, the plastic going through the extruder, uh, hot barrel that just lays out a road. So those um, there are there are materials that are coming down the pipeline. I can say uh, with with great confidence, having some personal investment in, in this area uh, for my work. 
Uh, there's some stuff coming down the pipeline, which will be amazing. Uh, there's stuff that's already amazing out there. Uh, short fiber, uh, car- short, um, so short fiber, carbon fiber, short fiber, glass fiber, uh, even just some ceramics or some, uh, some other materials in general, uh, for reinforcement that are present. There's other reinforcing components coming down the line. Yeah. So here's the thing, when they say fiber reinforced for these materials, they're generally talking about short fibers. These are things, these are fibers that are less than, uh, less than one millimeter. So, um, so one one place one place that you'll definitely be able to see is a lot of uh, these um, a lot of materials out there that use uh, these nylons for their, uh, their 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 casings. So a lot of like those really good quality drills. It's going to be uh, short glass fiber reinforced uh, nylon six six and um, or nylon six. Well, usually it's six six. Um, so these these uh, these plastics that are have this it's 30 weight percent glass reinforcement um, that are that's uh, in the uh, that's in the the mineral fill so to speak and uh, that gives a lot of it gives it a little bit of heft to it but it really gives it a hell of a lot more strength and uh, stiffness it can take a hell of a lot of a beating yeah so um, there's a lot of these kind of fiber fill materials are out there now. Uh, that are easily used for 3D printing, but uh, and even wood fiber fill, that kind of thing. Um, I don't trust any of that shit. Not gonna lie. I I thought about doing wood fiber fill for my 3D printer. Wood fiber fill is uh, really yeah. good for making it look like wood. That's the that's, part. Yeah, that's kind of what I was like. So now I'll say this: that there's people that I know who are working on CNCs. That's uh, cellulosic nanocrystals. Yeah. Those are where it's at. Those are fucking strong. Really? Whoa! Yeah, they they give. Yeah. It, it, it gives. It gives. Um. It it they give glass fiber and carbon fiber a run for their money. Wow. So it takes a lot of. It takes some decent processing to strip out all the stuff covering them. But once you get the nano crystals out. They are stiff as shit, man. Now they're they're basically they're they're they're, they're uh, small aspect ratio, so they're not going to be uh, comparable with long glass fiber or long carbon fiber. But for the short fiber stuff, they are comparable. Um, processing them, you've got to be careful because you know you can't burn them. But once you get past that, not much of an issue. So could be good. Uh, people are looking into this actively as we speak. Well, probably sleeping right now, but. People I know of are, are doing stuff uh, involving CNCs. That's going to be one of the annoying things is later on is is they're called CNCs, which is... Uh... <laughs> okay, you bitch right now. You go you complain. You complain as much as you want. Fuck you. And real, real woman? Okay, fuck off. Of I will... I will... I will sick... I will sick my woman on your ass when she arrives. You better be, you better be like, you better have some of that Kevlar up ready for the knife to come in, man. Uh. Okay, look. I'm not saying she's going to stab him with a point. She might just try to, you know, give him a little slashy here and there. Yeah, I mean she is she is from south of the border, right? Like that's just how they do business. Multiple borders, all right. Yeah, yeah, whatever. The further south you go, the worse it gets. 
Oh no, there there's a uh, there's an American star of the South down there, and she that's where she's living. Yeah, uh, that, that may be true. But and then see, the rest of it is all see, communist cancer. See, it, it, yeah, that's that's the problem, right? Like it, it goes it goes uh it, the south of the border is a, it's a spectrum, and it ranges from the capitalist north to the anarcho-capitalist cartel land, and then south of that it's you know Bernie Sanders playground. Yeah. South, well, south and to the east of where she is, both of those directions are terrible. I, I generally most everything east of, out east of where she is is Venezuela, and like that's every, just awful. See, that, I, I that's did, Bernie's paradise right there, the land that can't fucking feed itself or heat itself. The, With uh, all the oil in the world, they can't light a fucking fire. They have to go into the goddamn landfills, which they've cleared out, by the way. Uh, they don't have landfills anymore down there because they've burnt all the trash. Oh yeah, it's it's it is the most environmentally friendly thing you thing you can think about. Yeah, it's like uh, trash. Oh man. Listen, listen. That is going to be the first location that really mastered soiling green. Oh God! Now the the collectivo is going wrong. The, the border runners that are from Cuba that are keeping all the people in country. That's what you really love about a communist country. It's a place that's that's so humanitarian. People can't wait to leave. Well, you know they they run into this. So so every single time I hear this friggin' blue versus red state discussion, mm-hmm. it, it, it a it's not true, right? It's not like the the red states are third world countries without the blue states, and that's due to the miracle <laughs> of deficit spending. Right. That's that's just the way it works. And blue cities and stuff like that, they basically consume almost as 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 vibrant and culturally aware as they are. And as much money is coming in from those trade ports, they consume almost all of it in social programs and then send out to like the red counties and say, hey, guess what? All of that money you collected in taxes, 99 percent of it's mine. I actually get an apology letter from my county every year. But um, this, it's the same thing in, in the blue states where the blue states, they screw things up so horribly bad that everybody runs away. The only problem yeah. is that when all those fuckers run away, like it doesn't get so bad that they're like eating the dog. And so, therefore, they're like, hey, maybe maybe we can try that socialist bullshit right. in this new place that we fled to that has a significantly lower yeah. cost of living. You see, the fun thing is they're, they're bringing all these, quote, refugees in uh, or just illegal immigrants. They're, they're running from something, by yeah. the way. Um, and they know it's not like they're going to fucking forget within a, even within a generation because the parents are going to be telling them about this shit for the rest well, of their that- life. That's that's what happened. So with, that's they're what happened bringing in people who are not going to vote the way that they want them to vote if they give them citizenship, but they can well, use them while they are not citizens as this blunt instrument. Which, by the way, is why with both houses and the fucking president, they have not given them amnesty yet. Right? They're not going to do that because well, if they, they do that, they can vote. All right. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Other people's money. I'm all I'm all for like I, I, you know what I, you know what's gonna kill that two thousand dollars you know what's honestly gonna do it mm. GameStop GameStop <laughs> is the one thing that everybody like all of the the hedge funds are gonna be like yeah those fuckers aren't getting two thousand yeah. dollars you, you, no, you good with that Joe <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing 
even even after they said 1400, by the time people were putting out apologia about the 1400, about how math plus 600 uh, aren't supposed to be good at math, yeah. by the time they got to that point saying that shit, he'd already said he's open to negotiation, which meant you're not no. getting 1400. No, you're getting no. less. And, and, and the second... And, they're, and they're not going to say it until later. There's... There's a few things that are really, like, I'm loving with this whole, like, liberal mantra. One, GameStop proves that people weren't that bad off to begin with and that we probably had too generous of a package so far. The whole, oh, my God, I'm not going to pay my rent on $2,000. No, motherfucker. You paid your rent on the $600 a week bonus check that you got for plus your unemployment and the $2,000 or the, the, the few thousand dollars that you've gotten so far. And guess what? Most of your actual costs were nullified by the government because you can't. Everybody was afraid of paying rent, so everybody saved that money up, and then they targeted the hedge funds. And now the hedge funds are just going to place one call and say, "Yeah, those fuckers aren't going to get any more money." Like, Here's the other thing: like, the plebs, the plebs don't need any more money because they made us go bankrupt. Yeah, and on top of that. Yeah. Also consider that on top of that, all this all this extra debt that's being lobby, uh, lumped up here is all going to be gotten back in, in the form of inflation. And it's oh, yeah. happened, by the way. Last yep. year, last year, last year, the fucking M1 supply, the M1 supply, that would be the dollars the Fed distributes on their, their spreadsheet. It increased by 75 fucking percent. Yep. In one year. That's like if you look at the curve, it's a fucking up. Like it, oh yeah, it, it almost takes a right angle. Absolutely. Like right now, right now, the way I'm looking at it is, I'm probably going to start moving. A, I'm not so concerned about my debt, but I've already had oh, yeah, the, right. <laughs> I've already had the discussion with my wife that we may that's, end up. That just, part's good. <laughs> we may we may end up having to move, and we might have to move. Just because I'm guessing we're going to enter the you need to renegotiate your salary every two years to make sure you eat properly phase yeah. of socialism. <laughs> like, and and I'm at I'm at the 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 point, uh, you know, career wise, where it's easy for me to do that, and people want to pay me a lot of money to do what I can do. Right. Right. Like so. So I I am looking forward to them tanking the economy because it means nothing but a gain for me in social status and standing. Now, everybody else is going to suffer, but I'll be okay. Yeah, so they're, they're, um, they're basically like the inflation's already kind of happening here. Um, yep. And it's, it's one of, this is a great time to be in on physical assets. <laughs> See that? Like, yes, it is. Yeah, because they're going to be, they're going to be skyrocketing in value. You're going to have to pay capital gains taxes later, but you can wait until you have a president who passes another tax cut to do that. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> you, you, for, for the people who are, are listening, right, I'm not say, sure I would go in on any specific cryptocurrency. I'm not opposed to cryptocurrencies. Oh, by the way, like, before we keep going, before we keep going, none of us are financial advisors. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that being said, there are certain aspects of economics which are universally true. Namely, the one thing that actually costs money is supply and demand. So what you want is you want something that there's a limited supply of. That would be physical assets that don't depreciate. Land is a really good choice to buy right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
It's it's okay. <laughs> without debt, without debt is good, although, but with, with debt, debt is even better. <laughs> although with debt is great because the debt the debt is a constant value. The value of the dollars that would pay that off go down in price. Yes, although it down in value go up in price. Whatever, same shit. Yep. Although there is apparently some way the banks can technically forcibly extract the uh, inflation rate from you. Kind of, some, but they, they don't. They aren't really really able to do that with other things. Like it would if be you take, if you take a long term debt. If you take, sorry, take a long term loan. Uh, there's ways to get that out in taxes. Yep. Yeah. So no, I you can always uh, deduct your loans, your your repayments from your taxes to a certain point, and then that's going to be how you beat out inflation. I am I am looking very much forward to my future as a highly specialized top tier engineer <laughs> who works in a unique field that's actually critical to make the entirety of our system work. Right. Just just like I I tick all the boxes and this is going to be yeah. great. This Thank is, you for finding. This is the lesson from when you're younger that you should everybody's supposed to hear. Yes. Make them come to your door instead of you going to their door. Right. That is how so you make the good money. You you either you, – you get two choices. You can either diversify or specialize. In general, when you're younger, you should be choosing a diverse skill set because that way you can slot yourself into something and find out what you want, and you'll generally have an okay, like, payday. But as time goes on, you want to specialize, and because – the thing that happens with specialization is you know the rules, and that means that you can bend and break them to your will. And that is something that people were, are very willing to pay for. Well, uh, <laughs> nobody knows those rules. Well, no, those rules change um, every year and with every president. What's more interesting is, is when you can uh, when you're the one paying them later on, and you're, like you're doing say something in STEM where you're actually necessary. Yep. No, it would be it would be remiss for us to avoid the whole idea of you know the the people who go through STEM thinking at the end of their their uh, their degree they're just going to be handed a check. No, you do have to work for it, man. I, well, you you do you do and you don't, right? So so the one cool thing about engineering, right, is engineering is four years of physical and mental anguish. <laughs> like you, you get. Uh, we were no, joking it is, earlier. It is better on the other side of the other you, side of the door. We, we are. We were joking earlier, specifically because I made a comment about how I have a real woman. Right? Those are the kinds of choices that you basically have to pass on if you want an engineering degree. If you try to hold on to that, you'll do terrible in your classes because personal relationships are like the whole purpose of engineering is it is altering your neuro programming to make you effective at like like our job is to produce a synthesis argument so when craig and i sit there and argue back and forth on things what you'll commonly hear is both of us say that the other one's not wrong even though we are arguing like our lives depended on it on stupid shit <laughs> and by the way those arguments continue for like four hours after these chat sessions like we've been up yeah. till six in the morning <laughs> bitching about finute fight like tiny little details and like Minor probability curves, because that's right. what engineers do, right? So our job yeah, is to detail. we our job is to produce a synthesis argument, and where we are different from scientists or doctors or whoever is we are supposed to pull as much information as possible 
and then we're supposed to weight it based on our epistemological understanding, and that allows us to produce a viable solution. So basically, scientists are data bitches. That's, that's our view of them. You know, they, that's, that's not a bad way to put it. That's, they are, I can say that's not a bad way to put it. They, they, are, they, are, data, they are data technicians. Yeah, I, I, I got my foot in both sides of this one here. I can clearly, I can easily say that is a, an accurate assessment. They, they are, right? And then they bitch. They bitch because they hand something to the engineers. And, and, the, first thing the, engineer, and the first thing the engineer is going to say is, that's crap, go get more. Right? Yeah. You could you could produce and sam- you could sample the entire planet, and the engineer is going to say, "Yeah, no, that that's really that's, shit, not, that's, that's, not, that's not quantifiable for me." <laughs> you, you need to do better because our job, right? Our job is to synthesize an answer to a complex problem, right? We'll change the scope, we'll do that, but we come up with an answer. So when when you sit there and you start talking about engineering. Their goal is to program you so that you can, A, understand what the fuck you're looking at, B, just take all of that part of you that is human and kind and nice and (laughs) careful, and they take that and they crush it. They crush it into a tiny little ball. So you're you're not supposed to, like, bond with other people. Now, I'll say this. For for people – now, I have a chemistry degree and a chemical engineering degree. I'll say this. The, for the chemistry side of things, they wait until grad school to try and do that to you. In engineering, they wait until, like, semester two. <laughs> um, you you start a class with 45 people. Semester two, you have 30. When you, everybody shows up, year two, semester one, all of a yeah. sudden it's class at 10, and they're like, aha! And, and grad school, grad, for grad school in chemical engineering, you start off in a class of 10. You end up working in a lab with two people, maybe three people who are from your year. And you know, and then there's multiple people from other years above and below you. Right. And then by the time you're done, you're like, you know, you might be one of two or three people left from your year. But you know, then, that, that's the thing, you get done though. And some fuckers get trapped in the cycle for like fifteen years. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some there's some people who are very unfortunate. No, there's a there's a guy I know of from our group. He thankfully graduated like a semester before I showed up for grad school. He would, he took data for seven and a half years to prove his fucking thesis, his, uh, his fucking hypothesis. Seth, can you imagine? I, not, I can. Like sitting there for seven and a half years waiting for that fucking data to come in, I, going I, in day I in and day out. Can. And and one of the things that you got to understand, people, is that there, like I that said, there is no there is no limit to what an engineer will consider insufficient data. Now I have had I have had like my lab, my lab pioneered a technology. We're the ones who basically built the damn thing. We sent it out into the world, and the engineers in the regulatory oversight organization aren't willing to use it because there might possibly be one section that wasn't properly scanned. Right. So, so this guy who, who did seven and a half years of servitude, he is now in charge of like the the polymer quality. Uh, control for uh, for some for some medical company for their uh, their uh, femoral catheters, and he like he's in charge of like the entire distribution that covers like the entirety of South America and parts of America, like parts of the U.S. And he will be paid handsomely for he it. Is, but he, he is paid very well for that. It, but he did, he did his serv- he did his time, and then he came out and he got his reward. Right, that's the and, important and, of the story there. And and during that period of time, they break you down. 
and they reshape you. It's very similar to the military and military conditioning. I mean, I, I actually just uh, so so my my professor has micro quizzes. Yeah, and I, okay. I missed, those are I, those are fucking gay. Right? So I have to listen to each, it's an online class, and I have to listen to the lecture on that day and respond by that night. I responded with something that was the actual equation format, and he said, yeah, but for infinite energy, that goes to zero. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you're late. So you're wrong, and you're late. Have a nice day. Now you know how to use the equation, and that is what you fucking learn as an engineer. Everybody's an asshole, and nobody likes you. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You can go back with, with a good professor. And I stress that it has to be a good professor. <laughs> you can go back and argue with them about how you are in fact correct. And even if you know, you can you can even make the argument that both of you are correct, which is usually the best way to go about it. So they don't consider you, you know, coming in and telling them the professor that they're wrong. You know, I I already sat there and told but, them that his lecture was wrong. But <laughs> you go in there, yeah. You go in there and you 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 argue that you're correct, and a good professor will hear you out. Probably still tell you you're wrong at first, but then like actually hear you out, and then if you are in fact correct, respect you enough for going after the points to give them to you, or if you're flagrantly wrong, tell you why you're fucking retarded. <laughs> yeah. No, no. In underwater basket weaving, if you show up with a couple tears on your face, you can probably convince them that you're a sensitive soul and that they should give you the points. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why. That's why you shouldn't do your gen eds as an engineer your last year, because you show up <laughs> into the class, and the teacher's just like, you're just like, no, you're wrong. Everything that you say is a lie. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. I, I, here's the, it's the worst thing, because I shouldn't have done it this way, and it was stupid. And I still learned stuff out of it, and yeah, fine. But I did art history my last semester. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually do believe that. <laughs> I I I have two degrees, so one in psych, and I was in an honors program. I got all my gen eds taken care of. So after I transferred to my first school, right, which I got my first degree at, so I I been through three schools. I transferred to the second one. And they didn't accept all my gen eds. Oh, that sucks. It did. So my last. My last semester as an engineering student was me having to go through, like, intro English because oh, that one credit. Yeah. So, Dude. So, so this That's was crazy. real fun. They, uh, they turned around and they presented, like, a list of logical fallacies to try to train kids in logical fallacies. <clears throat> That's not going to work. Uh, it didn't work so well. So this was, there was this liberal professor there. And I just basically <laughs> so I basically went through every logical fallacy and every single liberal major point and pointed out how all of them are logical fallacies. And here's the sad part is eventually the professor kind of admitted that I was right. Yeah, they'll cave. Eventually a professor like in a liberal arts will cave to an engineer showing up with on their fucking A game. Because because at the end of the day wrong. The, the consequence the consequence of them not caving is that we continue and eventually we bring out the charts and when the charts come out they end up crying oh god no so here's the, here's the funny thing so I, I got both my degrees at the same time um, 
And so for the the chemistry degree, I needed six credits of English uh, or English or writing. And for the the chemical engineering degree, you only need three. So those three are taken up by tech writing class. But I get, so uh, they changed the requirement for the tech writing class about halfway through my degree. And so I was able to, but I was grandfathered in, but I was able to elect to take it a second time and fulfill all my English credits, which saved a lot of fucking difficulty for other people. Uh, so I was able to just, you know, you go in there, you go through tech writing, here's how to do a resume, here's how to write a manual, here's how to do a, an email. You know, the email, the, the, the manual for the first one, um, I can't remember what the fuck it was, but I think the manual for the second one was like, um, was how to throw a, um, was how to tailgate. Ah. Well, of course, of course. You also, by the way, have to give these manuals to other students and then test them. Everybody tests out the other other group's manuals to uh, make sure that uh, that you can you can actually follow the instructions to the letter and and successfully complete the task. And of course, uh, the other team that got ours had a fantastic fucking time. So you know, apparently we knew how to throw a tailgate, which I <laughs> I can I can say with uh, with confidence was a uh, was a good day for them and for the rest of us. <laughs> there you go. I I uh I have the utmost respect. I live in a world of manuals and uh <laughs> this is this is one of the things the reason that that uh like I said earlier that engineers get engineers with any level of experience in a specialized field get paid money. It's because when you start dealing with regulations and rules which I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit more. Uh-huh. Knowing n- uh, well, so, see, that's the problem. That's a, but I, I'll dive into it. Uh, I have a whole like rant, a whole fucking rant. Work went well this week. Then I take it. <laughs> uh, you know what, motherfucker? I am dealing with goddamn IH bullshit. They are uh, so fucking wrapped up in goddamn motherfucking paint chips and goddamn asbestos <laughs> regulations. And holy shit! Like, China has more boats to sea than the United States because they want to sit there and figure out and argue whether we should have instructions in triplicate or duplicate. And I'm like, no, do fucking one. Do fucking one. And out the door it goes. You know what? You know what? You know, there's like language people need to understand, and that's the middle finger. And you should go ahead and do it in triplicate. I'm sure they'll be okay with it. Well, you know, and... The, I'm sure they can read a middle finger. The, the issue, the issue we're having is literally like the IH department is writing out exposure assessments. Yeah. We cite the exposure assessments, and they're saying, "Well, no, we want you to copy and paste all of the instructions in the exposure what? assessment into your document." And we're like, "No." <laughs> all right, all right, look, look. Fuck, they're like. Right, is- I'm I'm writing a fucking article right now, and I gotta tell you. One of the things that I've got I've been getting yelled at consistently is having too much fucking verbiage inside the document text. Well, and this is this is the issue, right? So I've been so, told to cut so. shit out and reference it separately because get this, people who follow references can go and fucking read them. So so at the end of the day, one of the things that was realized during the Trump administration was that we are kind of at war with Russia and China. Right? Well, this is as I close know, yeah. This is as close as you guys are going to get to what, what happens in my worldview. This is all unclassified shit, but still, like, this is the perspective that's happening. And, and at the end of the day, that's kind of what's going on, and we kind of got to be a little bit better because, you know, when, when I talked earlier about how we put together synthesis arguments and how Craig and I debate, Craig's view is very risk intolerant, 
And and that's not a bad thing, right? Like for certain Craig's, things, definitely. For, yeah. cer- for certain things, the downside to Craig's worldview is that he doesn't get shit done. I'm sure you get shit done, Craig, but you know what I mean, right? Like in terms of in terms of risk averse worldviews, those people don't get things done. So we went from being 30 to 40 years ahead technologically to like. Within a decade, they'll catch up at least and probably faster than that because they're stealing our IP, right? Right. That is where we are right now, and we cannot get ourselves out of this stupid fucking mentality where we, we are arguing over inane shit in order to, to, to not put shit out to sea. Right, like, I, I, my wife sat there and linked me a TikTok where they said that China has ten more boats than the United States does. And I believe it because I just spent the last three months arguing over paint chips. Oh, well, I mean, it, it, there's, there, there's, there's a balance to strike here, right? There is a balance to strike here. But the old mentality, what really made the United States successful in terms of engineering was – a mentality that was, we will fix it in post, right? We are going to yeah. fuck up. We are going <laughs> to put out a Gen 1 design, and the Gen 1 design is going to be terrible, and we're going to, in 10 years, say, this was a bad idea. But we will learn a shitload <laughs> from that Gen 1 design so that we don't do it in the Gen 2 design. But somehow we've abandoned that whole mentality, and and folks who are very risk-averse have dominated the engineering space for a long time, predominantly because we're liable, right? We're one of the few professions that's actually still liable for its own decisions. So when we, when, when we build a bridge and we say, yeah, that's good to go, and it fucking collapses and people die, we can still be personally sued, right? Turns right. out... Yeah, that one uh, in fucking Tampa Florida. or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're an all-female crew, and oops, that fucked up. Why didn't we tension those? But, you know, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, right, like, we can sit there and we can post post jabs at those people, but at least they were pushing for a new technology. And one of the things that's a downside there, like, you know, when, and this is going to sound crazy, because here I am, the guy who sits there and is opposed to the new vaccine, right? But I'm opposed to it. I'm not opposed to giving this to old people. I'm opposed to, like, You're opposed to you being men. mandated to have it. That's exactly correct. And I can agree. Now, here's the thing. When we talk about these things and we have a minor disagreement, it's fine. What we're going to be absolutely 100% in agreement on is this. Requiring and mandating, like the government mandating to you that you must have a vaccine is dangerous because people react badly to vaccines in certain circumstances. Well, and a lot of people, a lot of people who, no, here's the thing. Well, a lot of people who do not, there's a lot of people who have these circumstances and this is a minor component of the population mind you yep but there are there are people that have these kind of issues that do not know that they have these issues and they are part of the population that is supposed to be protected by everybody else well, going to get their vaccine there's there's more to it than that too right it, it's yeah, there's it, there oh. more complications to it but if you have a government mandate they just say you know everybody has to get it period by the state period you know, no exceptions, or have yet the medical exception, what have you. That ca- that kind of pressure causes a lot of short circuiting of the normal safety that is in- inherent to having it as an optional thing. Well, and then I, on top of that, it's also a civil rights issue. You should not be forced to do something. And, like and that there's by your there's there's other aspects to it. 
Yeah, it's yeah. most people. It's yeah. like yeah. now, now eighty percent. We could we could quibble on the number, but eighty percent is a good ballpark number to throw out there. And, and and there's more to it than that. At the end of the day, like as much as I'm I'm opposed to All this right. borderline gene, gene engineering stuff. I got to about I, just a half second. I'll be we'll be right back. I I am perfectly okay with giving out this vaccine to older people because the risk to them from the disease is rather significant, and the actual risk from the vaccine is relatively small. But when we start talking about people in their 30s and their 40s and even their early 50s, the, the risk to them from the disease is relatively small, and the risks of unknowns associated with vaccines is relatively large. So if you turn around and you said that you want to you wanna make this available to the, you know, the 60, 70, 80-year-old people, I'm, I, I have no issue with that. And I'm not, I'm not in any way opposed to distributing that amongst that population group because they gain the most benefits with the least risk. I do have an issue distributing it or mandating it amongst anybody who's younger than that, and I certainly have an issue with the idea of starting to force treatments on people uh, in any block for any government reason whatsoever, right? Like this is this is one of those things where it's a slippery slope, and as much as I'm not a huge fan of the slippery slope arguments, right, they're kind of logical fallacies in and of themselves, we run into this a lot. You, you sit there and you, you erode that one civil liberty, and then all of a sudden you're eroding the next one in line. And there are people who are always interested. Yep. I would I, – I, and at the – yep. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and and I'm I'm okay with again. I'm really okay with pushing a lot of boundaries. I'm really okay with pushing ethical boundaries. I'm really okay with pushing safety standards. I'm really okay with that. But I also believe it should be voluntary, right? And that is that is absolutely, absolutely. If you want to, and it's not just medicine, right? Like if if I turned around and it, when they had that lottery and they they gave Steve a billion dollars, what is Steve going to do with it? Well, Steve's probably going to do the same shit that Elon Musk is doing. That that's really what I do is I'd start putting together companies and starting to hire people and trying to put down a product line that is my vision of the future. And in all honesty, that vision of the future includes experiments that would probably not be legal. All right, you motherfucker, you're wrong. And I only say that because I just came back in. I know, I know that you just said that because I came back in. Whatever. Uh, I, I suspect. I suspect you. Realistically, though, I mean, Craig and I agree on almost everything when you actually sit there. Like when we define it, the problem is the undefined terms we tend to disagree on. Well, what we, what we do is we find out the facts and we agree on our fact basis because, let's yes. be honest here, we know what the fuck the facts are. Right. And when it comes to the opinion part, we're going to have different approaches to things. But the most important part is you respect the person and not the fucking opinion. You learned that in both chemistry and chemical engineering, and I well, assume in psychology to some degree. Opinions of, opinions no, are no, little no, bitches. That's, that's, you beat opinions around as if they're troubled children coming to you for assistance. All right? Well, and, and fundamentally, this goes back to that whole, like, synthesis argument. At the end of the day, Craig and I have looked at the exact same data and the exact same evidence, and we have drawn different conclusions because we process it through a different epistemological risk matrix. Right. Sure. And this is what I was talking about earlier before you left, 
where when we start yeah. sitting there and we say, hey, how do we sit there and handle building a new technology? Should we go at it with guns blazing and see what we can get and then – Blow in, find out how the fuck it works. Right. That way we'll beat China to being China. And, Next time and, and, pandemic, it'll be us. And then, and then when we fuck up, right – like, we fuck up, and we will fuck up. We accept that we're going to fuck up. Fuck-ups are a natural part of well, the discovery North Carolina process. has a particularly great fuck-up because it happened from the chair force. Um, there's the, there's the uh, was it the two, was it two warheads or one warhead? I can't remember. I think it was, yeah, it was two warheads because they recovered one of them. There's two warheads that fell out of, yeah, they had a broken arrow moment. They had a broken arrow moment, and two warheads plowed into the ground and didn't go off. North Carolina would look very different today if uh, if uh, one safety measure hadn't fought, hadn't actually uh, uh, stayed active. Every other safety measure failed that day, and, well, and two, two nuclear warheads would have carved a new hole into the North Carolina coast. But but to give you guys an idea, right? Like when we start when I start talking about that was that was that's a phenomenal story. When, when I start talking about saying that we should be more risk tolerant, and that's that's something that Craig and Craig Craig comes at it from a natural place, right? Most engineers, when they walk out of school, are in Craig's same position. They well, have okay, no, 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 we, we, gotta, we got no, we got to go ahead and we got to target in a little bit closer here because there's there's certain risk tolerances that are available to me, uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, like putting your hand near a very fucking hot mold, it can be part of SOP. Uh, but I, I also have to keep. I'm also the. That I'm is, also the lab that is by the guy. way, that is by the way, the exact same argument that I'm having with IH people. It's like sure. like fucking carpenters know how to build shit with wood, and splinters is not something that I have to fucking right, right out of my. Procedure. You don't need a fucking big ass rubber glove to work with a piece of like roughened wood, right? You know. That's exactly right. Okay. But this is. But I'm, I'm the lab safety guy too. So like, I, at a certain point there, I've got to draw a line, and right. I've, I've also got I'm I'm I know enough people in the medical industry, so to speak, here that I and I talk with them routinely enough that I've got a reasonable handle on that. And I've also yeah. been in that industry before as a volunteer, uh, well, vol, you know, volunteer, whatever. But then I also volunteer later on. So like, I've I've been around enough of this stuff to have an idea about the safety that's going on in the industry, and then also from a different safety perspective in the lab. So when I come at this and I start talking about safety issues, a lot of times I'm fairly risk tolerant, but, you know, there's, there's, there's okay. limits to certain things. The, and, yeah. and, and that's all of that. And, is and part of that's got to be part of my job, too. Like, at a certain point, I've got to fall back on safety because, again, safety is going to be kind of the name of the game when you're doing safety stuff. Well, and, and beyond that, right, it, it is important to have these discussions. The issue, the issue that I take when it comes to safety is that it seems that we are allowing safety issues to hold up legitimate work. We aren't making yeah. progress. And it that's where I also take thing, issue. Right? Like, I would rather – well, it, it's, it's – it, it could it's be, but – Kind of? It, it has more to do with activists. Yeah, sitting there and, <laughs> that's, and that's, that's a good way to put it. Also, lawsuits uh, and the cost yeah, that they have. Yeah. So sometimes the actuarial cost is uh, comparable to the lost productivity cost. Yes. And sometimes it's definitely not. Uh, and 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 oftentimes you'll find a company still errs on the side of quote safety when it comes to that. It, well, um, and that's <clears throat> well, you know, as as a as an example here. Um, and I won't specify names or anything, but, uh, you know, someone who isn't me worked in a, a lab, 
uh, that until someone who isn't me arrived uh, was was only processing things like carbon nanotubes uh, by hand. Uh, they, they only just then uh, arrived at the conclusion, and it was only because evidence was just coming out, mind you, too. Yeah, that, the, the, um, that the they nanoparticle over. issue. The yeah. nanoparticle issue is very, very new in IH and safety concerns. Yeah, they they only and just they only just moved over to that being a uh, industrial hygiene. So, so there's two two aspects hygiene. to safety. There's industrial hygiene, and then there's like safety. So safety has to do with like physical hazards. Uh, it's going to be things like uh, wearing proper PPE. Right. Yeah. That's going to be your, your gloves, your face mask, your respirators, so, whatever you have to do to do that. IH is a specialized version of safety, which deals with specific potential contaminants and how to control and mitigate. So, so the, to give you an idea, uh, the technical description or the, the full title for that part of my job is LCHO. So that's Laboratory Chemical Hygiene Officer. That's the guy in the lab who actually does who actually does the enforcement of safety shit in the lab. You know, so you have to be part of the lab, doing lab work in the lab with others. You're basically, you're one of the people in the lab who's doing stuff anyway, but then you get more, you get uh, uh, more risks, you get more, you get more, um, more responsibilities, and you get no change in your base pay. So that's, that's effectively what it means, is you get a whole bunch of extra shit you have to do, but you don't, nothing else is going to change about your day. And essentially, essentially, uh, what hygiene is the word. Hygiene is the important word there. It's chemical hygiene in my yes. case. He's talking about industrial hygiene, which involves more contaminants than I would have to deal with. Well, it, it, I mean, yes and no. I mean, yes realistically, no. let's let's be entirely honest. The majority of your contaminants are mitigated by a carbon absorbers, absorption filter attached to a respirator. Yeah, that's fair right. enough. Or that or like gloves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to go for the gloves. Come on. Or, or, or a, a fucking lab coat, you know, basic shit. It, the, the, and and so, so, again, part of my bitching associated with uh, IH is realistically IH has one of two ways, one of three ways in which they mitigate a hazard. I was corrected. I thought it was two. I was wrong. <laughs> there are three whole distinct ways in which IH mitigates a hazard. Oh, God, one, we're going to go down the fucking road, aren't one, we? This is the guy in Spanish Inquisition. Four. Four ways. No, five. No, no, there are three distinct ways. These are the only three ways IH has of mitigating a problem. One is you put plastic between it. That could be a respirator or a glove bag. Number two. I'm hearing caveats here, buddy. Is you ventilate it. And number three is you spray water on it. Those nope. are the only three fucking ways. No, there, there's, a, there's a fourth. There is a fourth way, and it's one that you hate. You don't do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no. See, all of, IH, all of IH has its one singular purpose, to make sure you don't do any right. Because they don't want to accept any liability whatsoever for anything going wrong. You see, and that's I'm above my pay grade when it comes to lab safety stuff. And that I actually want to get done. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you have less boats at sea than China. Because all of those IH motherfuckers don't want to accept responsibility for somebody possibly getting exposed to something that might be bad at some point in the future. Well, I mean, what do you call a nuclear submarine? It's a nuclear power plant on a, second, a fucking submarine, which is... Hundreds of feet or more underwater. Uh, at what point does that become? At what point does that become like a risk too far? 
say it's it's part it's the whole point of the fucking thing. The, the issue, like I, I, and again, like all of this stuff that I, I I'm bitching about right now. That's well, the you, thing. You'd, you'd be wrong. So. <laughs> you think so? But you'd be wrong. That's what I was making a joke about. That's the whole nuclear sub thing. Right, like, like there are the, there are it, private it, nuclear subs, buddy. And, <laughs> and what, that what, what Craig is going for is Craig is going for the fact that we should put all hazards into perspective. Is right. the pink chips going to potentially kill you? Yes. Are you more likely to die because your submarine supercavitated from immense oceanic pressure? Yes. Should we care more about the intense oceanic pressure? Or the pink chips. I'm going to go with the one that will kill you Look. most of the time, rather than one that now, might kill you some of the time. Here's the IH argument, and this is going to piss off Steve because he knows it's true. And it's, and it's really frustrating for everybody no, else not. out there who's going to be pulling whatever, their hair whatever out. The IH, whatever everybody the IH. else is going to be pulling out their hair. They're going to be pulling out their hair going, why the fuck is he saying this? This, would be so stu- this is so stupid because there wouldn't be a problem if they were allowed to do what they were supposed to do. The IH argument is, well, if they're in harbor, they don't have the oceanic pressure as a problem. So what's really the more important thing is all the fucking asbestos or splinters. Well, yeah. And, 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 they say, all right, but if we're underwater, they say, yeah, but you wouldn't be underwater because we haven't allowed you to go because these other hazards haven't been fixed yet. You say, what the fuck's wrong with you? This is, this is, yes, these are... This is what it sounds like to an engineer. It's, it's, it's just, it sounds like a bunch of stupid coming out of some guy's mouth. You can't hit him. Like, <laughs> oh, I, you you say that, but there are ways that you can emasculate them in yes. public conversations. So one motherfucker was bold enough to sit there and try to cite my procedure as a potential problem. And they did this in front of me in a public forum with like 14 other people. There's At this great point, scene from Scrubs where he's ha- the guy's having a, it's a doctory show. The guy has an inner monologue. And in this one, this one scene in the show, he has a uh, um, uh, opera singer just singing "Mistake." <laughs> there, there is no inner monologue. My right. manager, I've told my manager that if if he wants to, if he wants to, he can pull the little trigger that has us go into like an in-depth. You have ten days to figure out what went wrong. And I'm like, hey, why don't we do this on bad behaviors? And I'll just switch to second shift, and all of those meetings will happen at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> and you either you either show up or you consent to whatever I write down on the paper. It's a very simple process. Turns out he's not a particular fan. No, oh, that's such a dick move, but goddammit, I applaud. He he turned around and he said, you clearly don't want to be part of it. I'm like, oh, I think you're partially correct. I don't want to be part of it, but you're fundamentally wrong, in which I will do it. (laughs) So so in any case – it's in my basketball court, bitch. Right. So so this this, this IH guy came out and he cited my procedure, and he cited it in a public forum, and he said – we're not quite sure what, what should be going on, and you know maybe it doesn't have quite the level of detail we need. At which point, at which point, like I I tweaked a couple times, like I was tweaking in my chair for like ten minutes, <laughs> and then I just like there was an opening, and I was just like, well, if IH feels that the procedures that I'm citing are deficient, they should probably fix that. 
At which point, all of a sudden, everybody was like, yeah, no, we'll bring this up with the managers at another point. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you fucking will. Yeah, that's right. That's what you'll do. <laughs> there seems to be some opposition. I'm like, yeah, it seems to be that you sat there and thought you could rewrite the rules, and I'm here, and I'm telling you, no. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Yeah, sounds, sounds like a... Which, by the way, had my father ever told me that the fun part about being an engineer is literally humiliating people in front of other people, I would probably have signed up for the job. But he didn't. He said that he gets to sit at a desk and design airplanes. And I was like, that's fucking boring. <laughs> so you actually... <laughs> you get along with a friend of mine who got out of fucking aerospace because he was sitting there he had to do meshes on fucking planes to do show you crack schedules. I have zero. He was so done with that shit after like a year. I I am very happy in my job because I get to humiliate people publicly, at which point I generally get like lower reviews on my <laughs> yearly metrics. And and my manager says, well, if you hadn't said this, you would have gotten a higher review. And yeah. I say, well, if you hadn't said that, you might not have gotten the job done, though. <laughs> well, my my usual response was like, yeah, it's probably true, but am I going to get a three if I say this? <laughs> <laughs> like, where where exactly is the line in the sand? Permit bitches sign permits. Well, it, it, I mean, it, it is, it is, and it isn't. But this is this is a fundamental problem that we are facing uh, in the the engineering sciences because a lot of people are very risk averse at this point. And and Craig is correct. There is legal reasons and paperwork reasons, and nobody yeah. wants to get hurt because it actually requires a lot more effort to go through that process than it does to just you know heal and move on. Having been but, the person who's been hurt before, by the way. But the downside... Um, which is a smart move on my behalf. The downside um, is the country with a billion people and more than happy to basically use its people as feedstock, right? It's yeah. going to put more technology to sea than we can possibly... Well, here's the thing. They're eventually going to get a boat that floats. That's the problem. Um, they are they are happy they are more than happy to sacrifice a billion out of one point six billion, and they are actively building a bunch of ship ports right now. The problem they, is they, they don't have the ability to have those. Uh, they don't have the ability to send those ships very far yet. Well, it, because it, the, why the fuck would they? The the issue with Pakistan, Iran, and Iraq. Yeah, those are great countries to be uh, be um, agitated with at the same the, time. The the issue is not not that who we chose to sit there and, and fight for the last twenty years. The issue is that what we should have done is is basically kinda done an internal struggle and push for further technological development. But because what we did internally was sitting there and mitigating our risk because we had a you know thirty some odd year advantage over our, our enemies, now we're sitting there and dealing with a you know five to ten year advantage and that's a problem. Here's the other because side of that. Here's the other this side of that. Is, this we is have the, the dumbest on a piano argument. We have the dumbest fucking people in our society bringing up the the basis, the, the, the lowest hanging fruit symptoms of complex issues 
and pretending that they're the intelligent ones and that they should be listened to. These yes. activists are all are all fucking like high school dropouts or retards. They're not. They're not the vast majority of them. There are some that are brilliant. Yes. There are some that are. There are some that are great. And the problem that they face later on in life is they are smart enough to realize what is true and what is false. And when they say something is false, the young retards who followed in their footsteps ostracize them. So the founder of Greenpeace, great example of this. You know. Trees, for example, are just trees. They're not fucking humans. So when you cut down a tree, especially when it's grown to be cut down later on, as in, as in, in a tree farm, that is not the same as growing a bunch of little humans to cut them down. And the problem that you face is there are the people who will go up into the top of a tree and hug it and demand that people route around it. Well, I, I, I mean, different. there's... There's more to it, so so. Um, but like that's as an example, that's a fantastic one to run in on for the like exactly what the disconnect here is. The there was there was a group that tried to recruit me earlier in the year, uh, or la- at, I guess like August September yeah. time frame, and it's a uh, you know it was a clearly a left leaning group, which I joined and I listened, but all they sure. want to do is they want to throw protests and they want to do this stuff. And they're like, you know, they're, they're supposed to be a pro-nuclear group. Well, they never group. want to solve a problem. Right. Well, and this is the problem, right? They, they want to be a pro-nuclear group, and so they wanted to go after all of these other anti-nuclear groups. Sure. And it, it's, it's this left-wing mentality. The problem that nuclear energy has is a PR problem. Largely. Right? The solution to a PR problem is to make it accessible. Right? So what we need to be doing sure. is we need to be having all of our nuclear labs having basically community events. You know, where people can show up and they can have a burger and a hot dog on the United States government. And hey, by the way, you learn that when you eat a banana, it's got more radioactivity <laughs> than you're fucking exposed to when you sit and live next to a nuclear reactor. Oh, here's another here's another good one about bananas. Just as a side topic, because I know this one offhand. What, you know, if you if you ask someone which one do you think is uh, is you know I guess quote less bad for you or you know not really healthier but less bad uh, natural banana flavoring or artificial banana flavoring and most people will say natural banana flavoring is probably better for you. Turns out that turns out that methyl mercury concentrates in uh, in banana flavoring during extraction, whereas with artificial banana flavoring that would be butyl acetate. The only major the only minor contaminant you're going to get is ammonia. Yeah, I was going to say, we were, yeah. We were just talking about that before the show started. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a good bid. Are you guys, are you guys going for the death of Paterawatt? That was a fun thing. They did a bunch of different metrics, and, and it was, they did it in a very accessible way. That I thought was good from a pedagogical standpoint as well. When I watch these videos, you get to a point where you start watching them for teaching, which is what I was telling uh, Evan earlier. And they did a pretty good job presenting the data about the safety, you know, the safety side of things, and then the regulatory side of things a little bit. You know, like why are we just not doing it? And and it really is at this point a regulation and a PR issue. It really France, is. France, it really is. France taking out. Not France, Germany. It was Germany. It's Germany, right? France, Germany no, taking out France. all of their fucking nuclear plants. France, France so is wrong. starting. France is starting to do that. 
How yeah. But they, like, get 70% of their power out of nuclear. Yeah, yeah, they do. I don't do. understand what the fuck they're doing if they're going to get rid of plants. And and by the way, France has the model for nuclear success, right? So, yeah. So, so when we start talking <laughs> about... enough. When we start talking about what activists are feeding off of on nuclear, one of the biggest things that they try to do to deconstruct the argument is talk about how much it costs to build a nuclear plant. And what they do is they only cite U.S. nuclear stations. Well, here's the Mm -hmm. key problem with that. We haven't built a fucking nuclear station in 40 fucking years. Yeah. Right? Like the last time that we built something was in the 1980s. It was – 30 to 40 years ago that we actually built something. So we don't have contractors who are capable of designing and building and pouring concrete to those specs. So what you end up looking at is you look at something like the Vodal plant down in South Carolina, and the Vodal plant is is an absolutely beautiful design. It's based off something known as the AP-1000, if you guys are interested right. in looking it up, which, by the way, is like 80% of the cost of traditional nuke plant, or that was what it was bid at. It also yeah. has passive feed systems. So w- when you sit there and you see these people talk about these crazy new designs, which we talked about a few episodes ago, right? Yeah, we talked about a few of them. We talked about a few of them. That's known as Gen 4. And yeah. my personal view is that Gen 4 is probably close to infeasible with our current regulatory structure, right? Probably. But the, the AP-1000 is known as a Gen 3 plus plant. Gen 3 is what France has been building. It is what Korea has been building. It's what In likelihood, it's what we're going to probably build with a new plan right now if we right. do build one. You're going to be a and, lot of, there are going to be a lot of arguments to do Gen 4. And if, in order to get shovels and ground, we're going to say no, Gen 3, 3 plus, whatever. Gen, Gen 4 is like weird fuel combinations, <clears throat> weird structure, weird all well, that. It might be rebranded as Gen 4, but it's going to be like Gen 3. It, well, no, no, no. I mean, Gen 4 is two different plants. Well, I don't know if they can get away with calling it Gen 4, but that, they might try it just to get it more palatable to the general community, the, which would be bogus. The is known as a Gen 3 plus plant because mm-hmm. basically they're running a light water reactor with passive safety systems. Right. And the end result is that you have a completely safe plant. Without any of the problems associated with things like Fukushima, right? Like if a if a, a magnitude nine earthquake hits these plants, it's not an issue. Because <laughs> in fucking South Carolina, mind you, in South Carolina, it, it doesn't it doesn't have the same issue because it's a gravity fed coolant system, which means that it's passively safe until such time as they can go in and deal with the tanks, and it's like passively safe for weeks. Whereas when we start talking about Fukushima, which is yeah. people's minds, their, their backup, their backup was diesel generators. Where when you have a magnitude nine earthquake and a resultant tsunami, they got flooded and they couldn't repair them in time to sit there and start no. putting out the coolant when they needed the coolant. Keep in mind also though, and, and this is why one of the reasons why that the, that's really important that the backups be able to to run for a long period of time. Shutting down a nuclear plant normally takes weeks. No, right. it doesn't. It doesn't take weeks. It's about three it takes, days. Uh, for you know, if you scram it, yeah, but like it's no, like, no, it's no, not no, going to to take the thing apart for weeks, right? If you if you turn around and plunge those those rods in, right? The issue, so so it's not. It doesn't take weeks, right? It, shutting down a nuke plant is is done in like an hour, right? 
The issue, the issue is to get when, in there and start taking stuff apart. It takes weeks, right? No, no, it doesn't take weeks. Right. They, they, no, they they shut down the reactor. So, so the standard refueling cycle is done in about thirty days, and that's because right. the nuclear plant loses millions of dollars per day every day that is offline. So they have a very large incentive to get their shit up and running in as short a period of time as possible. Yeah. So they run twenty-four hour shifts. But they actually shut it down in about a day. The issue with nuclear plants, for the most part, and coolant, is what's known as the K-heat, or the latent heat energy associated with nuclear reactions. Because all you all it takes to shut down the nuclear I swear to God, reactor, if you say it takes weeks to dissipate, I'm going to be upset. It doesn't take weeks. It takes, it takes a few days. All right. Well, it, so, so let me restate that. The Gen 2s might take weeks. Okay. The Gen 3s are in a few days. So it might be my um, might be my familiarity basis is a little bit off then. That, that that could be that could be. Okay. So the gen the gen the gen threes and that's that's really like I don't really deal with the gen two plants because who gives a fuck about shit that was designed <laughs> in the nineteen seventies, right? Like like if somebody wants to sit there and talk about solar energy and and then compare it to nuclear energy in the seventies, that's fine. I'll happily compare solar energy in the seventies and their costs and associated problems with uh, nuclear in the seventies. And guess what, motherfuckers? You're all gonna lose. Gen threes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in any case, um, back. So, so what we're dealing with is for Gen three plus, it's usually about two to three days. So, so that is that is what it takes to get a plant into a cold shutdown state. Okay. The first, the the initial shutdown in all plants. It doesn't matter what your plant is takes less than an hour. Basically, they plunge the coolant rods. They, they, they plunge the... Sorry, not coolant rods. Um, they plunge the uh, the absorbent rods. It's, it's control most, rods. Control rods. There you go. Sorry, brain fart. Yeah. People, plunge, people know what a control rod is. Right. So they, they plunge the control rods into the reactor, and the entire reaction stops. Because these control rods are basically absorbing the excess neutrons associated with the fission process. Right? And so in order to restart a reactor, it takes three to four days. It actually takes longer to restart it than to shut it down. Yeah. So, but the problem is that within that, that fuel architecture that you have, within these, these fuel lattices, you have a series of byproducts that have been produced from this nuclear reaction. Right? This is going to be your cesium-137. It's going to be your cobalt-60. It's going to be all of these other things that are unstabilized <laughs> and all of those things are going to continue to decay and they have very short half-lives very very short half-lives but they decay and release a ton of energy which is is perfectly fine when the nuclear reactor is running but not so great when the nuclear reactor is needs to be shut down so what ends up happening is this this and it, it's known as like a, you know k heat uh, or latent heat or something like that yeah. Uh, it basically continues to build up, and this is what happened in Fukushima. So as long as you can apply a secondary coolant source, you can dissipate that heat. Even though the reactor's not running, even though you're not running the turbines, even though you're not running anything, it's still producing heat as these short-lived half-life atoms decay into other short-life, short half-life atoms, and then eventually it goes down to kind of like a base state where it doesn't really fucking matter. The Gen 2 reactors had a backup power supply system, and that's what they did. The, the idea was essentially that 
you would have, uh, you know, I think Seabrook Station has oil generators. Uh, uh, Fukushima was diesel, all of which yeah. is kind of the same thing, by the way. It's basically uh, big-ass gasoline engines producing electricity. Right, and, and all that is that the sole purpose of this, and the Gen 1s didn't have this, which was made the Gen 1s kind of dangerous. Gen 1s were fucking stupid. Gen I, think were stupid. I think we can confidently say that. Yeah. They were brilliant in their initial design. They were fucking stupid in terms of their safety. Yes. Gen 2s have this huge, like, they, they basically required a secondary system uh, that was an active system. And when we say active versus passive, this means it doesn't bottom, It means it requires power. It require it has to be operating in order for it to work, and this would dissipate the, no. the, the K heat. You need a guy at the controls. You need electricity flowing. You need someone actively monitoring. It needs to be actively done. That's correct. You need to press a button. But when we start talking about the Gen 3s, the Gen 3s move to a more passive system. Not They're, they're not quite the Gen 3 pluses, but they tend to have... Yeah. Um, Larger pools of water, more water flowing. Things Probably like that. Things like there. You know, the, um, the thermal capacity is increased in secondary systems. Stuff, stuff like that. Like, it's minor yeah. increases. The Gen 3 Plus, which is what the AP-1000s are, are a gravity-fed system, which means if you have to fucking scram the reactor, you slam those control rods in, you've got three days that you've got to dissipate the heat, right? It yeah, like runs for three days, right? So so you, or th- I think it's like – it's probably more than that. I'm sure they yeah, have – I guarantee it's more. Yeah. yeah. In any case, basically it's got a giant water tank that it, as soon as the reactor fails – Right, and there's no more electricity going to the coolant pumps. It just slowly feeds in water at the appropriate rate to take care of the, the, the dissipating K heat, and there is literally zero problem. So the way that this is likely done, and, and it's probably just it's probably just simple. The pump that pushes water through the pipe system for the coolant. It doesn't the active, have a pump. The, act, the active part of the system that is normally for normal operations probably includes a branch that pushes against a certain amount of head in a tank. And a tank is probably sized to maintain that level, and it's probably just got the, the cross-sectional area in the other direction to have enough water to maintain the appropriate amount of flow once the pumps stop running. Right. And, Which and is very, all very, this, very basic. It's very simple, but it does that. It also did a whole – it got rid of so, – so in order to get the 80% cost redu- – or the 20% cost reduction, it's like 80% to build of a normal-sized plant. 80% would be great. 80% would be great, right? Then, <laughs> then we're really at the point where nuclear is free. Uh, yeah. So in order to get that, it basically sat there, and, and uh, it, the nuclear regulatory requirements have a ton of uh, redundancy built into them. Yeah. So it tied those redundancies together, which resulted in significantly less piping that had to be poured, significantly less concrete that had to be poured. Mm-hmm. It was basically as close. It, it wasn't quite so the, the modern reactors, the most recent stuff that's come out in the last five years or so, is what's known as SMRs or small modular reactors. Yeah. Those are designed to be plug and play. Like right. you've got a tiny little fucking village in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. They can send an SMR there, and they can get you up and running with, like, no energy so requirement. These are, these are, like, the size of – so, ideally, these would be down to the size of, like, a trash can. They're not. They're, like, the size of a couple porta potties stacked on top of each other. Which is, you know, and that's still a little bit under the size that we're talking about, but it's around that dimension. 
It's some somewhere in there. To give yeah. to give people an idea, when we start talking about how small nuclear reactors go, uh, nuclear reactor plus shielding complex plus everything else. Uh, if you wanted to power your house plus your neighbor's house plus your other neighbor's house that you don't really like so much, <laughs> you want to charge them a shitload of money, it would require a space the size of a garden shed, right? Yeah. The actual reactor is less than the size of th- – this is, this is to now, power your entire house. Your now, that's entire with house shielding and – that's with shielding and dead volume. With shielding so, and dead volume. Now, here's the thing. If you didn't care about shielding and dead volume, if you only, say you only cared about a little bit of shielding, like, say, in a satellite, it's like the size of a small computer. Or or if you were to, say, dump the reactor underground, right? So let's sure. say you happen to have a property, and you wanted to share it with your three neighbors because you liked this guy, and this guy was sleeping with your wife, and you wanted to charge him a fuckload of money because, <laughs> you know, you're Craig. <laughs> Um, in any case, what what uh, what you could do is you could dump it underground, and that's going to provide a ton of shielding because the water level is going to be high, and the water level is going to be over it. In any case, there are actual reactors that we have been selling since the 70s, which are roughly the size of a lawn tractor. Yeah. Right. Seriously, like tabletop shit here to power through two or three houses. Yeah. The criticality problem, doesn't require a large space. You just got to make sure it really doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. The, the rest of the stuff associated with a reactor is what occupies the rest of that garden shed style space. Yeah. Right? We aren't talking barns. You couldn't fit a car in this thing. We're talking about your standard probably – maybe a 12 by 8 shed. Maybe a 12 by 8 shed. But that's with your lead shielding and everything else. Mm-hmm. If you buried it underground, you would never know it existed until such time as it, you know, once every – 70 years or so sat there and threw a power fluctuation. Right. So so in any case, when we start talking about that, that is, <laughs> the small modular reactors is what they're trying to get into, and the small modular reactors is going to be for, like, a small village, right? And the yeah. idea is that basically where you have this um, – right now where, where people are trying to sell solar panels for this shit – uh, nuclear can enter that space where they occupy for a small village or a small town or something like that that's really rural, and it's very expensive to run power lines all that distance from a major generating source to this tiny village. They, um, that can be done with a small modular reactor. Yeah, and to give you an idea of what this would be incredibly useful, uh, and, and this, is, this is where there's really modern technology with really backwards people. And backwards technology. So um, I don't have to do it right now because I'm I'm definitely like broke. But in recent years, I should say, um, I, I would usually donate to this uh, this water um, this water uh, company. And what they do is go out in Africa and for villages where they're they're definitely not modern. Um, they would put in water filtration for them in uh, in, in Africa and, and also in some places in India. And uh, it's about for about five grand. They put in a water treatment system that will feed, that will give water for like you know a couple hundred people yep. for like ten years. These and are all it is. All it is a giant support. And this, by the way, it's all it is is basically a giant ass pipe. You know, I think like a, a ten foot diameter pipe that's maybe twenty feet tall. That's got a fuck ton of sand and, and carbon in it. 
and at the and if you just it's really fine sand, you know, just but it's still sand. It's it is literally dirt cheap. So you just got to get the ancillary equipment, which is you have to be able to pump water up to the top, or have people put buckets up top. It, it, it runs under gravity. But at the bottom, you got to pull the water out, and it's got to go through that filter. So it takes a while. If you want it any faster than gravity's going to deliver it, you got to pump it out, or you got to yep. pump it in. And that pump electricity, you know, it can be done with a bicycle and a couple of magnets and some wire if you want. But it'd be way easier if you just put a little nuclear plant in there to run the thing for them. Yeah. Oh, beyond well, words. There, there's a lot of when we start talking about SMRs, SMRs are really a, a pretty impressive design. They're actually one of the things yeah. that got put out at INL, which I've been to, was really cool. Uh-huh. Um, so they they have a brand new like one or two megawatt plant that they're building out there, and yeah. So so if anybody remembers the old Command and Conquer, like I've seen the designs, <laughs> it looks kind of like a hand of fucking Nod, which was a great building that electrocuted everybody. <laughs> I kind of hope they add those features. Um, <laughs> Don't touch my electricity. Here's some right. free sample. <laughs> but they're um, they're they're literally in the like one or two megawatt range, which is what a standard um, standard windmill has. And it's going to be instead of like one windmill plus whatever other distance you need for a windmill, it would be a small building or something. Again, yeah. we can bury in the ground and walk away from and. You know, it'll produce power so, for 30, 40 years. In all honesty here, the, the ground burying thing is probably going to be the way it works, and it's probably going to end up being just a, a, a shaft, um, and it's just going to sit at the bottom, and it's, it'll be plugged in up top, lowered down in with a winch, and left to sit there while it runs for however long, you know, and inside a shed somewhere. When we start talking about these small modular reactors, again, I saw something that was the size of a lawn tractor. It ran for 20 years, and it only used 2% of its fuel. Wow. <laughs> oh, what was the uh, what was the power output on this thing? A couple megawatts? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Kilowatts? Yeah, you can actually um. Well, I can actually. Uh, it's a Google thing. I can probably provide a link to it. Yeah. Uh. Good. Cool beans, I, man. I I at one point found the reactor. It was made by GE. Okay. Uh. Yeah, GE's been doing some crazy stuff. Oh, no, this isn't crazy stuff. This is stuff that was, like, 1970s technology. Right. That's what I mean. Like, this before is the crazy stuff then. Before the activists fucked us over. Yeah, so, by the way, um, nucle- anti-nuclear activists are basically, right now, uh, and today, so you, you might you know might know about the, the, uh, the Dark Ages, and the uh, what some people in the atheist community would call the uh, the Christianity Gap which is the, a period of time for progress toward, in technology that is just absent because of a, uh, a regression in, in social progress, let alone technological, caused by uh, the, the Dark Ages. And that kind of gap has, has happened recently due to these fucking anti-nuclear activists uh, just basically screwing over our ability to become energy independent as a nation. We've had to court some of the worst people in the history of this planet in the Middle East in order to get fucking energy for our country because of these assholes. And we allowed them to have power, which is what's caused a lot of the problems in the Middle East, especially because we've had a vested interest in fucking around over there for decades. 
like a century of progress at this point I can I can say is a, a roughly a century of progress is gone because of them including a couple decades e- in the future easily easily so so one of the things that I linked to um, Evan earlier is the fact that that and this is something Tim Poole's been talking about for for us sitting there and pirating other content for other people. <laughs> Uh, so, so Tim Poole's been talking about how the Navy claims it has some patents associated with stuff. I can neither conf- I cannot confirm or deny. I have not seen any of this stuff. Uh, I, I am suspicious. I am suspicious of what's being presented. I'm not saying that they aren't doing it. I've just, you know, what I know of the nuclear labs, I'm not seeing any of it. Um, so cannot confirm or deny. Um, the the reality is when we start talking about nuclear energy. Right. One of the things, and this is this is this. By the way, I want to I want to go into like the whole entire rant that I had associated with engineers was going to end at this point earlier, and I just didn't get there. Uh-huh. The thing that pisses engineers off the most is not that you have a difference of opinion based on your epistemological weight of the associated data. The thing that pisses off engineers is when you outright ignore contravening data to your hypothesis. Yeah, that, that is me off a lot. That is that is the only like, like the a lot Craig, a lot. The Grayson Craig and I have a cordial discussion, normally where we call each other motherfuckers, or I make fun of the fact that he has an internet girlfriend. Right? All of that. <laughs> well, all of that is based on the fact that we. You're just saying this because you don't show up on time, you little shit. Listen, I have I have very important. I have very important. Di- yeah, we, we know. We know. Very important things to be done. Yeah, and they are very important. And you know what? If you if you're gonna have that issue, that's all fine and dandy. Like you say, all right, I'm gonna show up at such and such. It's like, okay, yeah. And she oh, knows I, this I too, assure you, she? I assure you, it's not an issue. And she knows this too, doesn't she? Oh, well, then why the fuck are you doing this now? You know, I get it. Things come up. You know, sometimes more than one thing comes up. That's always fine. Oh, uh, you, you can you do you. I I don't I don't put a label on it, Craig. I just uh, you know. I, I sit there and let her know what the evening plans are, and uh, at the end of the day, I prioritize my schedule accordingly. Yeah, that's fine. And it turns out the people who don't pay me any money range lower than my wife and naked time. Yeah, that's fine, too. <laughs> Look, Where's we my are money? Going to give, we're going to give, we are going to give back to our, our audience. I'm going to invest it all in Jogecoin. Oh, my God. Dude, yes. We should do that. We should We should totally blow $3 on Doggy and see where it goes. Probably come back with a dollar and say, fuck. But Elon, you screwed us. What I was trying to get into before we so, – so we're trying to, we're trying to shift to a different topic. Okay. Um. What I was trying to get into is the thing that irritates engineers is when people don't acknowledge certain data. And so one of the, the things that well, we – let alone data in general. Data in general, yeah. So, so when we start talking about nuclear energy, whatever problems these activists think they have would have been solved by fusion decades ago if we had funded it. So one of the things that irritates the crap out of me is all these motherfuckers are like, oh, they always say fusions 20 years ago. Yes, that's true, because the only way fusion gets funded is private individuals cough up a couple bucks to the fusion reactors that we're trying to get running, right? 
And what the Navy has apparently claimed, or at least there's some patents filed associated with it, uh-huh. uh, is that they have successfully produced a fusion reactor, and that has pr- allowed them to produce uh, other technological advancements, the most significant of which is inertial dampening, which would be really mm. cool. I don't necessarily know if I believe in it. If it does, it means that the universe is electromagnetic, and, like I, I, I hypothesize. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still not buying that argument, but we can go on that another time. But this is a conversation we actually had early on, and, and I guess we call this still season one. <laughs> we've, 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 ha- we've hashed out some of that before, and, yeah. and, not, so much, and not so much of it some uh, bit before. And, and, and Craig's, con- uh, Craig's uh, opinion... I, I remain unconvinced, is what I would say. Both of these are perfectly valid opinions. I've got math backing me up. But he has yep. an overwhelming amount of evidence and training that backs him. <laughs> <laughs> now that said, I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Um, I'm not unavailable to being proven wrong here. Let alone to just being shown something new. I think if if electrically if the electric universe theory turns out to be true, that would be fucking awesome. It would be fucking new awesome. because we know something new. Like, well, beyond that, that's the most that, important thing. If the electromagnetic universe theory is correct, it means that all of that sci-fi technology that we see, it means it's possible. Well, Whereas, it's not possible, it's more accessible. Right. Whereas if gravitation holds its sway that it does, uh, we're pretty much kind of fucked. Yeah. So if the standard model proves to be the way it is, and like, so inertial dampening. There's only so many ways that you can do that reasonably with current information that is that is known and tested. Like, there's only so many ways that you can do something like inertial uh, dampening to create a separated inertial frame. You, like you need to have so much. Basically, this is one of those those power of ten things. You need to be able to if, create so much inertia in one in one area. If, if we were another. to do it. If we were to do it, probably the only feasible way that we would do it – and let's talk about – when we talk about inertial dampening, the speeds and forces involved are the kinds of things that would take you and turn you into a very nice pancake against the right. nearby wall. You'd be, right? a very, you'd be a very colorful puddle. You would be a very colorful puddle. That's a good way. There is a, f- a handful of technologies and things that I have actually pursued on my own, which would be viable – uh, without diving into e- the electromagnetic universe theory, the number one of which is uh, perfluorocarbons, because those, if sure. you were to turn around and base, these are these are a unique series of compounds which carry oxygen, similar to air. So you could actually breathe the liquid. This so, was uh, actually- you ever watched the movie The Abyss? God damn it! I'm going there. Fuck you! I got there first. <laughs> Anyway, he wants you to be he wants to be the rat. He wants to be the rat. He wants to name little geek rat man. Now, 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 let's be very clear. If you're going to be the rat, you got to have a tube shoved up your ass because it's very, <laughs> very, very easy to pollute your oxygen stream with shit. Right. If you're going at these velocities, if you're going. <laughs> you have to get on Mr. Garrison's hip. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so sorry, but like... <laughs> uh, so, so in any case... 
You, you really, you really can't. So I played oh, with this God. idea. I played with this idea conceptually, and the only way that you can do it is these perfluorocarbons, which allow you to actually breathe the fluid. The only problem is that every single time that we put something in it, it shits its fucking pants because it thinks it's fucking drowning. Well, which, yeah. Because <laughs> it kind of is. At which yeah. point, at which point, bad things happen, and basically the shit and piss that emits into the fluid, uh, you know, immediately, you know, make the fluid kills toxic it. and kills it. So, so it's, not, it's not just that. It's also that perfluorocarbons are not. We even know this with rats. Like you know, it could be it could be okay with humans, but you know we're close enough to rat models that we know it's probably a bad idea. If you're gonna sit there in a soup of perfluorocarbons with oxygen, without without mouth. without your shit or piss coming out, if you're gonna be sitting in it, like you're gonna your body is going to get to a certain level saturated with this stuff, and it's not good inside you. Uh, for, for, for very much time. Um, if you're a rat, that's what we know so far. <coughs> now, if you're yes. a human, we haven't tried it yet. At least, not to my knowledge. And if we have, then those poor brave souls have had. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If, I, if somebody gives me a billion dollars, Africa is a very open business community. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are you, are you gonna start speaking Mandarin here, buddy? No, I just I would just need to hire the local warlord to recruit some voluntary subjects. Oh my god! <laughs> By the way, as we said earlier, we are not financial advisors. I I assure you though, it would be if I got a billion dollars and I started a company, it would be wise to invest in me because you'd get fucking results. There would be there would and be, lawsuits, but results. No. No, that's why Africa is a great place. There are no lawyers there. <laughs> An activist would go after you in the U.S. Let's just... Yeah, I'd have to move. Yeah, minor, you'd, minor problem. You'd have Moving to live in Zealand, man. With CC flies, I would have to deal with the CC flies and all of the terrible diseases that come out of Africa. But, you know, I've been told that that's, you know, not as bad as COVID. Minor details, yeah. <laughs> minor details. Hey, hey, just wait till they wait till they stick that on to co on to, uh, a coronavirus and let it out too. That's, That's exactly right. China don't give China any ideas, Evan. Oh, they've got they've already got this fucking idea. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm sure probably being cooked up in the fucking lab right now. But let's be entirely honest. At the end of the day, China just realized how this. So, so the whole discussion that we had earlier about risk acceptance and risk tolerance, China just learned. That we are so risk intolerant that we will kill our entire economy, either for political reasons. They learned this with SARS. This is what I was saying about them learning the wrong lessons about SARS. Oh my God! They, yes, they thought they were going to be able to walk into Africa and Europe and even South America as China with all the goods, and America was going to be paralyzed with COVID. And with the one thing they forgot, they fucking forgot, was that it was in their country too. And that they are going to fuck up every single thing that they could fuck up on the way, and it wasn't going to be the start of their Chinese century. This is supposed to be the Chinese century right now, and this is how they screwed it up once again. I, and you, I can, am. you can point your finger directly at the CCP for this. You absolutely can. Because this is what? It, this, it doesn't matter what the source of the virus was. This was them fucking the entire planet by telling people, oh, no, no, it can't be spread by air. Oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. You don't have to wear a mask. Oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. You don't have to shut down borders. 
fuck these people. You know, if you're if you're gonna go with masks, I'm gonna sit no, there and I don't, I don't care. No, all no, your look, fucking caveats. Even if we go at the very beginning, even if we go at the very very beginning, when everybody thought, yeah, this could be like World War Three, uh, world ending shit. That first few first few weeks where it's like, okay, N95s. Like, even if you go back that, there's no, no, no. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Everybody, calm down. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean they, they had it. They had a hardcore disinformation campaign going. It was it was very it impressive. Was insane, and it got and, a lot of Americans. Way, by the way, when Trump called them out on that shit, yeah. the news media went after him. But now, in after Biden's been president, we can right. kind of admit that maybe maybe China fudged some data. Yeah, I like how how a whole bunch of shit from literally a fucking year ago is now coming out as if it's new information. And then on top of that, they do stupid shit. Honestly, I'm gonna mention it again, like double masking. Fuck these people. This 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 like memory hole aspect is something that I've noticed a lot over the last four years. It happens they, all the time. Where they, the there's time. a ton there's a ton of fucking reporting on something, and then all of a sudden they memory hole it, and then they bring it back as if it's a real so, thing way later. And you're like, what the fuck? The biggest difference between now and 20 years ago is that now. You not only have instantaneous access to it, you have a hell of a lot more people you can talk to immediately about it. So the, so the rise of social media has completed what the rise of the Internet started on that front. Nowadays, you can go and talk to your person right next to you and say, hey, this shit was here a year ago. And they'll go, yeah, it was here a year ago. And you no longer getting gaslit by these motherfuckers. This, this, is, this has slowly become less and less of a thing they can get away with over the last decade. Under Obama, it kept going on and on and on. And then, you know, the whole Patriot Act and NDAA of 2012, NDAA of 2014. But in any case, diving back into our original topic. (laughs) Right. So so one of the things that irritates the crap out of engineers is when you ignore actual data. And one of the big actual data is when we start talking about things like fusion is that we could have achieved it. 20 to 30 years ago if we'd actually funded it, and we didn't. Yeah, again, we didn't. So that's the thing. Is every time it comes up, it's like, oh, we could have, we should have funded it then. Fuck you, let's fund it now. Now nah, we'll fund it later. Oh, oh yep. we should have funded yep. it then. Yep. Well, yep. we can and fund every, it now. Fuck you. The reason, the reason Fusion is always claimed to be 20 to 30 years away is because we have not funded it. Now, when we start talking about this this article that's claiming the Navy has this massive special future tech that can shape the universe, all that of it might is based be at, uh, scare China. All of it, <laughs> all all of it is based <laughs> off of a con- actually. I, I don't know about that. So, no, so I I will, it could be. It could be. I am skeptical of the other two. They, they don't typically claims. do public disclosures like that. No. Well, and that's 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 what I meant by I can neither confirm or deny. At the end of the day, uh, like a, I I haven't seen anything like that. Well, I was just for talking the with Navy, and for the Navy to come yeah. out and say, "Oh yeah, we we just we we got all this really cool crazy shit, and uh, we've publicly disclosed it." You're like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no, that didn't happen." Like, I was just talking with Evan about something, like, and this is in private sector area, about public disclosure of certain things that I can't go into yet just because certain deadlines haven't come along and certain people aren't involved that, you know, or certain people I don't want to involve, say, on the show. That's normal. That's that's modus operandi normal. If you're talking about the Navy coming out and saying, here's a public patent on some futuristic crazy shit, 
that's a lot of times that'll be to gin up funding. That'll be to gin up uh, tensions or, or decrease tensions with other other people just due to the things that are involved. For instance, the fact that we've got rods from God in the sky as a country, like that's not something that you're going to be find published really. I it's, it's and that's, that's that's one of the things that we talked about earlier that I am skeptical of solely because I haven't right. seen any information of it. But at the end of the day, that's the kind of information that the only people who know are way above the level of people who are talking in this chat right now. Yeah, not not in our pay grade. Not in our pay grade. Not ever in our pay grade. Right, this is these these are going to be the people who are rank and file who moved up according to their traditional ladder and basically entered at 18 and are lifers. Those are the only people who are going to know, and that information is going to be kept in such a tight circle that nobody will ever hope to know. Now, when when it comes to fusion energy, though, when it comes to fusion energy, this is not, it wouldn't surprise me if, if that component is true. And the reason and, well, I here's the thing. That, we've got fusion that's already working, just not over Unity yet. And it's well, largely so, going to come down to streamlining shit. And if they've on. had the resources to streamline, I guarantee they've done it. That there is there is more to that picture. What what Craig is saying is technically true. We have not seen any uh, any successful lab test that has been published above Unity. We have gotten really fucking close. Yeah, we're talking like, within under a percent. Under a percent. 99 point something ridiculous percent. And Unity, by the way, means that the energy that we get out is less than the energy that we put in. Or Unity, Unity, Unity is energy equal. Right, so under under Unity means that we have to spend more energy in order to get energy no. out. And the second... Thing. The very second that we achieve greater than unity energy output, fusion will become the predominant energy. Now, here's the thing that's important about what's important about this. When we talk about unity in this case, we're not talking about thermodynamic unity. We're talking about unity in terms of the energy output versus the energy in on the fuel. Right. Meaning so, that we get heat energy out from the fusion reaction, and the byproducts plus the energy that came out is still equal to the stuff that went in. So in tech, and if you want to get really technical about it in terms of the thermodynamics, it's always going to be unity. Okay. <laughs> it's never that, going to be a non-unity that, reaction. That is that is an excessively deep take. I'm but just I'm just making sure here because you are, you are correct. You know, because there are people there are people who are just like yeah, but my free energy device. It's like yeah, and, and my fucking uh, my fucking bridge for sale, pal. You know, my, my wife sat there and asked me, like, what I dreamed of as a kid, and I was like, hey, you know, I saved, like, this, this childhood sweetheart thing. And then I – and this is this is a quick tangent. And she's like, so what, what did you dream about – you know, what do you dream about as an adult? Do you dream about me? I'm like, no, I dream about free energy devices. It's <laughs> 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 fucking true. She's like, all of that probably, delayed, that probably delayed me joining the chat by a solid ten minutes. I'm just gonna. <laughs> oh, you made the mistake of answering honestly. Well, I mean, that was a bold move. That was good. What am I supposed to do? Like, what? What do you dream about with me? I'm like, well. I bet he's thinking about other women. Nope. Nope. No. 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 You never say that. Doesn't matter whether it's true or not. You never say that. But that's the thing, especially if you're in engineering, it's probably never true. What? No, no. Come on now. Probably, probably never true. 
maybe maybe for the majority of engineers, but some of uh, like I remember my wife turned around to me and she's like, "You know what? You're it's getting so close to getting yourself in trouble on the show, and I know you're not going to do it." No, no, I will. I will. I will fucking walk that <laughs> My wife turned around to me, and she's like, you know what? You better treat me nicer, or I'm going to fucking leave you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she turned around, and she's like, you will be alone forever, as if that's going to have an impact on me. And I'm like, and I just started laughing at her. And she's like, what, what do you mean? That's funny. She, she, she turned around to me, why are you laughing? That's not fucking funny. And I'm like, yeah, it really is, because I'm a nuclear engineer working at a national lab. I make, like nearly a hundred thousand dollars a year and you're gonna tell me that i'm gonna be alone i can pull some fucking trailer trash that's like three times as hot as you who is willing to suck cock for a fucking living and just say hey here's a paycheck every week and they will happily do whatever it is that you are not willing to do good right lord now. shut down <laughs> and she was she was she was so fucking mad. <laughs> she was so She's like, you will be alone forever. I'm like, nah. No. Nah. <laughs> I know my social value, motherfucker. Do you know yours? <laughs> That's brutal. It was. It was. That is. <laughs> that is something that, else. That is the last time that art. <laughs> I don't. I don't take bullshit kindly, right? Like you, think, you think these IH motherfuckers? Like you, you want to know why I don't get invited into the manager chat on this shit? It's because I'm going to sit there and call them out on their goddamn incompetence. My wife pulls that shit. No, not a chance. You. <laughs> You have you have you have a couple choices. You can say yes, honey. At which point she's gonna fucking think that she's better than you. Or you can say, Oh honey, let me sit there and frame this to you in terms of reality. <laughs> At which point she's gonna turn around and say, Yeah, maybe maybe that was a bad choice. You know, it's it's you sleep on the couch for a couple of days, you rub one out like a man, you won. Oh no, I don't sleep on the couch. <laughs> I bought the couch. Fuck off. That's actually. I know where that's really, going. That is legitimately how that conversation went there too. Like, <laughs> God, that's sad. Just don't sit <laughs> downstairs. I'm like, no, I bought. I paid Just for the. Just give mattress. her a slave Leia dress and call it a day, man. Jesus Christ. I paid for the couch and I paid for the mattress, so I choose where I fucking sleep. <laughs> By the way, people, if you want to know why it is that you should suffer through the four years of engineering school, that. that is it. That is that is the moment where your spouse sits there and gets into a fight with you, and you just turn around and say, yeah, you think you're so great? Let's talk about how great I think you are. God. Honey, I want to start marital problems. Come help me out. Oh, no, there's no marital problems. Marital problems only happen when the the individual believes that they can do better. That's yeah, the only that time that marital problems actually happen. So as long as I sit there and I speak honestly, I'm not really concerned. So that's the funny thing is is that's one of the things – that's one of the bits of advice I give people when it comes to relationships is if you start off with all your cards on the table, nobody's going to be upset that you were hiding any. <laughs> that's exactly right. 
and it's like it's as long as everybody's being honest with this kind of shit, like there's really no harm but, there. Well, you see, you see a lot of people, and they try to like puff up their chest or whatever, and you just be like, no, there's no reason to do that. Like, right. if 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 my wife had not chosen at that moment to start trying to threaten me with the theoretical concept <laughs> of loneliness, I would not have had a reason to sit there and drop the fact that I am a goddamn nuclear engineer working at a national laboratory on her as a moment of truth. <laughs> like, like, when you turn around and you present, hey, I put up with your shit, and this is what I make as a living, and this is what I do as a living, and this is who I work for as a living, it's a really nice solid stick that you can hold in your hand and say, I don't want to hit you, but I can if I want to. God, now we're over in fucking Afghanistan with this shit, too. It's not a hard sell. It's a very soft sell. It's a very... (laughs) It's a very clear targeted sell. That's all. Look, it only becomes hard if she doesn't put the bikini on. That is, that is, by the way, a legitimate story that legitimately happened. I actually did turn around and laugh at my wife when she tried to pull that shit. God. I would laugh, too. The laughter part would definitely happen. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're like, you'll be alone. No, I won't. Oh, God, no. Have you, have you heard of the app called Tinder? <laughs> let's, let's find out how long I'm alone for. Now that would be funny. Just no, have have her in control of the fucking profile and the responses and shit. It's like wait till she, wait till the woman like tries to make a move and just be like, "This is his wife." You know what? That's actually an excellent idea, and I think the next time I will try that. It's just, just like it would, it would be hilarious. Well, and I think Tinder is horrifying, but hilarious. I think your Tinder does actually record your income and salary and position and those kinds of things. Well, if you put it in there, you bet your ass they do. And and I assure you, as a five foot nine male who is not <laughs> not sorry. rippling with abs, I would absolutely put that in because at the end of the day, there's a whole well, lot of chicks who are gonna go, yeah. I can suffer through that. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's the funny thing, isn't it? They don't exactly require women to put their weight on there, do they? <laughs> but they've got a, but, they, but they've got a field for your income. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, that's that's the, that's the funniest comeback that Ted never gets a good response, mind you. Is how much do you make in a year? How much do you weigh? <laughs> <laughs> or, or what's your height? What's your weight? I, I, I saw I saw the results of a study that actually sat there and listed like how much as a male you have to earn above the income oh, before you're attractive to alternative women. So basically, that you get to pick what women you want. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's take a look at this. Yep, I'm above that threshold. I'm good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm okay being the four in the relationship. <laughs> well, it's it's I, I just I love the way those arguments pan out like online. It's like you're under six feet, well you're over three hundred pounds. 
<laughs> I I think you fundamentally <laughs> misunderstand. No, I, I'm just I'm the just pointing out how funny it is, like as a comeback. The, the argument goes: you're under six feet, and you're like, yeah, but I make more than seventy k. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, and I own my own house, and you know all the other fun stuff. Right. It's a very short conversation, but yeah, that was that was that was a real that was actually a real real fight that I had with my wife, and it didn't end as well as she thought it was. She didn't quite land the blow that she thought she was going to land. I I I am sure. Yeah, well, by the way, just to, to, to put that out there as a as a, a caveat in Steve's favor here, is confidence will get you a hell of a lot further than being it, a bitch. It really will. It really will. At the end, a of the hell day, of a lot further than being a bitch. At, at the end of the day, I have I have associated with eight to nines and whatnot. And if you turn around and you say the predominant factor that women look for in a in a relationship or in an initial dating phase is confidence, they will hundred percent agree. Because if you are not confident in yourself and your capabilities, that means that you have an actual issue that you're trying to hide. So so you should never, never be a pussy. Ever. Like, ever be a pussy. It is not worth the long – your wife's boyfriend will be happy <laughs> if you decide to be a pussy. I am not concerned in that, that department in any way, shape, or form. I'm okay with I I am I am okay with being an asshole and I am okay with somebody sitting there and accusing me of being an asshole. <laughs> I'm okay with my wife sitting there and calling me an asshole. But you know what? I know my wife doesn't have a fucking boyfriend. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Uh, I, now, now, now we we do say that and yet Somehow we've gone over what happened when the IH individual decided to comment on my paper, and what happened when my wife decided. Yeah, you see, no, you're not backing out of this one. I want to fucking hear what people have to say. I, I would love to. I would love to. I'm okay with that. I will happily. We will. We will all laugh and have good times at your we expense. We will. We will, and I will happily ignore all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I. I would. I would provide my social media, but I'm kind of between accounts at this time. Ah, uh, okay. I, 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 I have a mind. I have a, fa- I, I have a Twitter. I'm pretty sure I have a Facebook, but like, yeah. So going back to other dating history, I remember distinctly when my my wife turned around and contacted her friend, who contacted me via a aim which was AOL Instant Messenger back right. in the day when it was an actual thing before texting was free, right? <laughs> and told me that I hadn't updated my status on Facebook, at which point I turned around and told my, my, my now wife that uh, I didn't know what my Facebook login was, and that's kind of an unfair <laughs> So you can contact me on Facebook if you can find me, because I'm sure the account still exists, but I probably won't respond. Right. <laughs> I uh, I am I am at Ratman720 wherever you can find me. Again, yeah. most of those I won't respond. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm uh, 
I will, I will definitely not respond on, on Facebook. Um, but I am on uh, uh, Twitter and Minds and Gab at CraigBob99. Uh, you can find me in those three places pretty easily. And I do I try to make the rounds at least you know once a week off uh, the other platforms. I usually end up hanging out on Twitter at large because I like being a prick on there. Um, yeah, and I I surf I surf I surf that line where I don't get banned somehow. Did we did we ever get into the New York University article or the uh, no. Times article? No. Oh, you mean all the shit that they're doing out in the open? Uh, well, let's I, just say I, all the stuff that all the stuff that people have been talking about that has been all the legal stuff that has been supposedly going on has been confirmed to be going on. Hold, and well, you just go, oh well, hold on, that's hold on. Brilliant. Time out, time out. If you if you are coming in and you are thinking that. Hugo Chavez secretly constructed voting machines to go against the president of the United States. All the legal stuff that's been going on, which is <laughs> probably not true. But if you turn around and said, hey, yeah, all of these motherfuckers aren't listening to a all the shit that you have. Get banned, all the shit that you could just get banned for outright up until just recently, a few days ago, um, for, yes. for saying the truth. It has been confirmed to be true, and now instead of being just banned if whoever you are, it's if somebody accuses you of having the wrong letter next to your name, you will get banned. And I haven't had a fucking drawn-out argument with my cousin about this shit, and I pointed this shit out to him, and I rubbed his face in it and said, look, you know, all this stuff that those people were saying, you know, it's now it's been proven to be true because they are bragging about it right now, and... I think I banned for it because I'm not a fucking libtard who's out there saying this shit. <clears throat> you know, long and, letter next to my name. What what the Times article said is essentially all of the constitutional arguments that have legitimately been challenged, there was a concerted conspiracy to prevent them from actually getting aired. It, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. It's not a it's, it's it's not a theory. If this is no there's no theory left to it. It's a conspiracy fact. If if <laughs> you believe word. if you believed that the Black Lives Matter riots that burned down entire cities were controlled by the Democrats for the purposes <laughs> of election meddling, yeah, that happens to be true. <laughs> Because they can turn them off when they want to. Sure. Right. That is... Yeah. And again, if you believe that, that the Dominion blah, 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 blah bullshit, no. But if you want to start talking about why is it that when we started talking about these these weird anomalies, why did the weird anomalies not get investigated? Well, that's because there was an entire group of people trying to prevent and actively preventing the A, that information from spreading on any social media and B, preventing that from spreading on any news media. Right. If we want to start talking about why is it that these constitutional arguments weren't heard? Well, Turns out there was an entire organization of people preventing that spread from happening on social now, media. Now, here's the thing. When we say organization and, of people, we and mean a they were recruiting, of people. They were recruiting judges. 
They were recruiting politicians. They were recruiting CEOs of various companies. And all of this was to assure, and they used these words exactly, the appropriate outcome of the election. Yeah, so this is where I was arguing with my cousin, and and he's just like, he's just, I just, I told him, look, you got to read that article and pretend that Trump won. You know, just just read that article and pretend that the shoe's on the other foot. Because if you don't, and it will happen the next time, because these the rules of engagement have been changed to this. If you don't, then the next time this happens, the moment you bitch about it, you got to know what article I'm sending to you first. Yep. Like, well, I, I mean, this it's is just no excuse to ignore this and be like, "Oh, this is okay. This is perfectly fine." No, it's not. This is this is fundamentally what ends up happening, right? Like the left, the left. So, so if you want to sit there and you want to talk about my position, right? I have said on numerous occasions that I am probably the most liberal person on this show. At the end of the day. What I turn around and believe is that Republicans are pussies and the left ends up pushing the line. And what they end up doing is it ends up biting them in the ass Yep. two to four years later. Filibuster is a great example of this, by the way. Yep. What a colossal fuck-up on their part. And then they're doing it again right now. What What is going to happen... That that's absolutely true. They find you know, they find, hands and pretend it didn't happen. They happen. find beautiful and amazing ways to violate the rules, and then they turn around and they they the rules get violated. They get their temporary political victory because Republicans are pussies and didn't sit there and attempt to manipulate the rules in any way, shape, or form. And then all of a sudden, the Democrats get their win. But it comes at the cost of the fact that they bear a loss four to six years later, right? Like a massive loss. Yeah, like a Trump. Like a Trump. Trump Trump happened because De- Trump – everything that you hate about Trump, if you happen to be a liberal li- listening to this podcast, everything that you hate about Trump is caused by the Democrats. In all seriousness, everything that he was able to do, everything that he was able to execute is caused – Buy stuff that was done under oh, Obama. For example, Obama's the executive policy. orders, Obama's pen and phone policy. Yep. He that that's not to say that presidents before him didn't do it, but Obama found that it was too difficult to go through the Senate and go through Congress, and as such, Obama decided that he was going to use executive orders. The consequence of that was that Trump used executive orders to reverse all of Obama's policies. Right. And now, obviously, we're dealing with the same thing with Biden. Biden is really yeah, except he's policies. like just way over the line using this shit. Like, but just but here's, here's the thing: he's gonna do it right now. But that in four to six too. years, in four to six years, all of a sudden the Democrats are gonna be like, "Why did you turn around and execute every single illegal immigrant?" Well, because I signed an executive order that allowed me to do so, which is based off of what Biden did, allowing amnesty for everyone. That's how it's going to play out. It, it is absolutely the rule of unintended consequences. <laughs> yeah, Agent Mike, whoever uh, or whoever the fuck your accomplice is. <laughs> I, I I mean it, it is. It is it is stunning when we start talking about these things 
this is something that has been going on for a long time. Obama invented a lot of a lot of new powers for himself. A lot of new rules too. Yep, a lot of new rules. He invented a lot of powers for himself. And the at the end of the day, when folks who are who lean a little bit less a little bit less left than you turn around and take the reins, which they inevitably will, because the left the, it, it is a an inevitable path of the left that they take it too far. And when they take it too far, the consequence is that they will deal with the powers that they put in, into play. Yeah, he. Uh, if yeah. they wanted a Hitler, they could have waited for uh, about four years. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the arguments being made now. Is that of course it's gone to fucking uh, New York City. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, you know anybody anybody who wants to criticize this whole conversation. Let's keep in mind that Craig is too much of a pussy to come here and get his gold star. <laughs> no, I'm just too poor. Pay for my flight ticket, you bitch. Well, I mean, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not my problem. Uh, not my problem. Uh. <laughs> we both have this. You have more degrees than I do. Yeah. Pay for I your do. own flight ticket. Use use your doge coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we can send the Jamaican bobsled team to the Olympics, we can definitely send me to New York. That's yeah, exactly right. You, you should show up on Cuomo's doorstep and be like, I would like my gold star, sir. You're like, no, I heard you're talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Right, okay. Look, look, as long as they sing Black Lives Matter, I'm sure it'll be fine. All I have to under... All I, all I want to know... It's a, just a protest, that's all. All, all I want to know is, is Kamala Harris's natural gift as an oral <laughs> is that prohibited <laughs> under COVID rules in California? <laughs> so, like, you know, wearing a mask and drinking a straw? Now, like, now the straw. word the word I've heard, I've, I've heard she's not as good with a mask as she is without a mask. You never know. Is it a dental dam or is it a uh, something else? I suspect. I suspect in order to get to her position in power, she did not use a dental dam. There was there was nothing between no. her and her object of interest. No, there was a, there was a ring involved. You know, it just it didn't fit on the uh, it didn't fit on a finger. I or maybe it, it did was, at one point. I figured it was more like a pearl necklace. No, she uh, she got plenty of those. I'm sure. I saw. Oh, that's right. I saw that. That was funny as fuck. What was it? Oh man, I made fun of that too. That was good. What did What did she say? <laughs> it was it was like in, in recognition of something or another. Like she, was, she, she and a bunch of other women were wearing pearl necklaces. And I was just like, oh, that's not the only one she's worn. I'm sure she's happy to wear those. Isn't that part of her job description? You know what? Keep it. Keep in mind, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? All all I can say is, Craig. Craig and I may joke about these things, 
ever may join in with our jokes about these things. But it's very sad that we cannot suck a dick and get to the point where we are. (laughs) Well, you could. You just wouldn't find many women attracted to it. I will be entirely... Well, I, I'm sure that there is some woman attracted to having their dick sucked by a man. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Now we're at that place. If you thought you were going to start the show and end it, like, not on the weird part of YouTube, we took you through the entire search. You don't have to click any of the videos. That's exactly right. All, all I can, you can say... You find it all right here, right now. <laughs> all I can say is if, if my choice was suck one dick and get to be the, you know, commander of the free world, I would take that. <laughs> I mean, I think I think the first he had a gateway dick. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that the first is always the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can top that. Nope. 